the main success factor in building a team to reach ultimate goals from that team is to have trust. And trust will only come by being yourself, by being genuine, by going above and beyond your objective that you stated and the plan you drive it for that team, going above and beyond, always and forever. For that ultimate goal, will show the others that she is genuine and she's leading by example. And by default, you'll see others aligning and supporting you. From Cobalt at Home, this is Humans of InfoSec, a show about real people, their work, and its impact on the information security industry. My name is Caroline Wong, and I'd like to introduce today's guest, my friend and colleague, Dr. Reem Al-Shamari. Dr. Reem is the Chief Information Security Officer at Kuwait Oil Company, one of the world's leading oil and gas companies. In her role as leader of the information security team, she safeguards the confidentiality, availability, and integrity of huge and highly integrated IT and OT systems. Known by many as the wild card, Dr. Reem is known for her innovative approach to getting the most optimal outcome on any initiative. She leads several international, national, and regional cybersecurity initiatives, including academic advisory committees and the joint cybersecurity of oil and gas companies across Kuwait. Dr. Reem, it is my true pleasure to welcome you to our podcast today. Thank you so much, Caroline, for this enormous background and uh, introduction. And I'm really honored and privileged to join your good self in this uh, exquisite and uh, wonderful podcast where many uh, elites in cybersecurity have been hosted. And I feel really privileged for giving me the honor to join these uh, elites and be hosted with your good and inspiring uh, self as well. Thank you so much, Caroline. You know, we were introduced by a mutual friend of ours, Keon Williams. And in speaking with each other, uh, we have discovered that we, in fact, know many people in common, many very good people. Uh, and so it's it's kind of magical uh, the way that uh, these groups of people, uh, you know, we, we manage to find each other and we manage to connect um, from across the globe. Uh, and I'm so happy to, to be sharing your story uh, with our listeners today. Uh, Dr. Reem, you know, I really like to start at the very beginning. Um, you have shared with me that your parents have been such a huge influence on your life in so many ways, in terms of your work ethic, in terms of your love of learning. I wonder if you would tell me a little bit about your parents. Uh, sure. Uh Growing up uh, with a father who has also worked in the energy sector and been, for me, a great role model where uh, even being in a managerial post, he was the first there to show up to work, uh, going out from home before even the sun uh, rises. And we always wondered, uh, but he was actually sitting for us, all of us, all of the five of us, uh, me and my brothers and sisters, the example of being a good leader, where is leading by example. And what's uh, funny is that although he has passed away in uh, 1989 and I was 14, yet today when I attend courses or trainings, the some of the mentors or trainer, uh, coaches, actually they mentioned that 
my father was their, their leader and they were explaining to me how a role model he was uh, by only leading by example. He has given us the enlightenment of how can a leader be not just by giving instructions and being a boss, but actually by leading uh, his people through spirit, through passionate, and by showing them that I am the one who will be first adopting my instructions or guidelines for others to follow. So my father for me was uh, a real role model when it comes to business. And for that stays with me throughout the years and the testimony from people are still coming to me, although he has passed uh, uh, more than uh, 25 years ago. My mom uh, on the other side, where uh, she had brought up the five of us uh, by herself since the death of my father, she has been uh, a very inspiring role model for me. She loves learning. Uh, she finished her high school, but she never managed to finish her diploma or bachelor degree. But she injected love of learning in all of us. When she talks about it uh, and how she actually made me uh, go into a kindergarten where pre-KG back in 1970 was not yet uh, provided or even introduced to our society in Kuwait. But she managed to uh, make a bargain with the head of uh, kindergarten to allow me to attend a pre-KG when I was just four years old to the classes of KG and let me just explore there and sit and observe as a listener. So um, although that was hard on her, she was telling me I was out of the, uh, standing out of the school doors crying because I saw you crying and you, you were just a kid. But I knew that this will implant something in you that will stay uh, forever when you grow up. And what she did is that she created a lot of passion in me when I, when, when I was very young, early stages, that uh, really stayed into today's, uh, where you can see me, uh, Caroline, uh, as we spoke. I'm in love with learning uh, from everyone, from whatever source, not only in cyber. Uh, I love even learning from my kids, uh, my seven-year-old uh, daughter. I keep... Uh, you know, absorbing all and, and observing uh, everything goes around me and try to explore more and learn more because uh, we are only learning and expanding our knowledge by exploring the unknown, by having the ability and the, uh, you know, the capability and the intention and openness to learn, which will make us more uh, aware of what's going on to, uh, to us, making us more resilient in accepting the uh, changes like the current crisis and make us even more adaptable to what's come and being even able to uh, raise a new generations uh, in these challenging times uh, when, despite uh, whatever comes here. So for me, learning has been a continuous uh, journey. Um, you can see me always, even in learning, trying to think out of the box. Being an A student, this comes by default because of that passion and that role model uh, and the environment she has provided for us. Being uh, also thinking, uh, trying to think always out of the box. So when I did my master's and bachelor's degree in computer engineering with honors, uh, all my friends, uh, they have pursued their master's degrees in computer engineering. But you can see even my passion in learning is to explore new uh, areas. So I went to my doctor who knows me uh, very well and he knows my character. So I told, I asked him, what's next? I, I want to make something and I, I want to learn something new. But 
pursuing in the same track doesn't really seem for me the right approach. Although all my good friends and we've been there for a very long time are following that one. And say, no, Reem, I know you. So you got the technical background in, in bachelor computer and you're an A student with that. You're missing from, a, again, a learning perspective uh, and a learning academic background is to do the management part. So go after the business master in business administration and have that card with you. So you will have the technical card, you will have a managerial card. Having a mix of that will make you a great leader where you can have the two mindsets merge in one person and in one brain and you can make wonders. So I really followed his, uh, his direction. I flew out of the flock and uh, went by myself. I was the only computer engineering from that cohort joining uh, an MBA in, uh, in, in our uh, Kuwait University. And I, fi- I, fi- I finished it then also, went through a PhD uh, in the same operational management where I did uh, my thesis in oil and gas in, uh, from a management perspective. So it's just like built a full educational uh, mixed background from the engineering along with the management. and. Again, continuous learning, ending up with just recently uh, where I graduated from the general management program uh, at Harvard Executive Education uh, Business School, uh, where we also went through an uh, astonishing journey with an elite of more than 140 executives from all over the world, uh, where we have learned through four months uh, a great uh, mindsets from Harvard elite faculties and business cases and even invited guest CEOs from huge and very well-known businesses in the world where they are exploring to us how we can manage our business in more efficient, more vigilant and more resilient uh, patterns to, get, to drive them to aspiring and thriving toward uh, advancement and being a pioneer business as well. So... Uh, learning is a continuous journey and uh, what learning mean and what, uh, what was the impact of my parents uh, as my role models in, in this life. Dr. Reem, it is so inspiring to hear you talk about your learning journey. You know, many of the guests on Humans of InfoSec have different levels of education. Some individuals are very self-taught, you know, learn from personal experience. Uh, Others have different levels of rigorous academic study. And I think that your background is so interesting. You know, the choice to get your MBA after your bachelor's of science, computer engineering, and then also to pursue a PhD and then also to do general management <laughs> at Harvard Business School. You know, I think it's it's actually clear to me that with both your sort of inherent passion and love for learning, as well as all of the advantages of these, these institutions uh, to teach you different ways of thinking. I totally agree with your mentor, you know, to have all of that technical techniques and methodologies, and then also all the business case studies in one brain, uh, that is uh, indeed very cool. Uh, And I think that, you know, one of the themes that I see emerging from Humans of InfoSec is actually the necessity to see both the technical side as well as the business side. 
Dr. Reem, the next question I want to ask you about is, what is up with this wild card description? Tell me a little bit about how did you come to have this nickname and what does it mean to you? It means to me, uh, my, my job career, actually. Uh, when I joined back uh, in 1999, uh, my first job, which is still I'm in it, which is a Kuwait oil company, the supervisor that I was assigned under him, he actually drew my life, uh, my journey, uh, my career journey uh, by this vision, the wild card. So he was giving me a very hard time and he didn't make it an easy journey at all. But um, the thing that uh, I'm still in gratitude to him with, and I'm still, uh, of course, I'm still in contact with him and uh, owing him a lot. Uh, he told me from the start, and this is where comes transparency and aligning your followers with the vision you have uh, in order to for you to have a full faith and full support from these followers. So what he said to me at the beginning of, uh, of our journey together, he said, Dream, I have a vision. I would like to make out for you a wild card. I want you, whenever I can inject you in any project, a success story will emerge after that. So uh, it's not going to be easy and it's going to be for sure challenging, but at the end, you'll be thankful. For me, uh, the challenge word, uh, Caroline, is my, uh, my motivator, even at home, even anywhere. So after uh, the first period when he has observed me and been able to monitor my capabilities, he then drew this vision and he called me to his office and he shared this vision with me. And uh, when he translated this into my own language and made it a challenge, I said, I'm in. So again, flying out to flock of birds, uh, you can find me that I have been uh, recruited along with two of my best friends in college into the same company and into the same department of IT. But they went with the normal familiarization of new appointed employees, whether uh, while at the same time I went with that vision and being injected from the first uh, and early days into the projects, uh, utilizing my CV background where I have during the summer vacation where we were looking for jobs, I did develop again and learning some uh, HTML, web design capabilities, uh, designing and whatever. So when they say, when they saw it in, in my CVs, they said, you have been working on your capabilities and there's a project live and doing some intranet portals and he injected me there just because he's found in my CV that I've been working in this capability and I have some skills. So my friends were going into some courses of having introductions about Torangas and having uh, other introductions about, you know, very basic skills. You can find me attending projects, live projects, contributing into uh, very deliverables and being a part of the team from the first days in parallel to having the basic backgrounds uh, and being updated with all the required and necessary introductions and familiarizing with the job. However, uh, I was an active employee from the first day and finishing a project after another. It was very stressful. I didn't even have uh, sometimes a, a chance to breathe out. Uh, challenges were just falling uh, 
uh, one after the other. Adrenaline <laughs> was always up and high. And uh, what makes it even more challenging that uh, I finished or I continued my master's while I was working. So I, I finished from seven to three, uh, my, my job. Then I, I ran uh, drive to uh, the master's uh, program from four to 10 p.m. and coming back uh, at night to home. It was a very challenging times uh, where I had to pursue my passion of learning both at the job and uh, at the academic. And being under that pressure, and he keeps telling me that, he says, Reem, whenever he sees me under a lot of pressure, he says, Reem, you know, diamonds comes off due to the huge pressure. Normal stones are there because they weren't under that much pressure, but diamonds will always evolve because of the huge pressure, pressure that the type of stones has been under too. So at the end, there will be a wild card, there will be a diamond, just bear with me. So I put my faith in him and he kept taking me after a project is being successful, injecting me into another, injecting me into another. And the great thing that, and he's a great leader actually, uh, even during these plans he puts for me he made to make he make he made sure to make it variant and various so when i'm done with the project he he injects me in a different type of it projects and and so i i've done web design then he injected me into handheld devices for the uh, CEO to go and develop guidelines to develop a wireless back in, in 2000 at the very early stages to give him with a wireless handheld pieces and develop guidelines for him. Then we did some online chats for his for the first time with the employees, etc. And just one uh, from one project to another with a totally different background, then injecting me into network and and when you talk about network, uh, IT people will know the local area networks and all of that different segregations of projects, then the wireless network. And this is also a, a bag of projects I've been injected in. And uh, being, I've been driving our company into a pioneers of technologies uh, and injecting uh, and creating success stories from these projects. Uh, and when I say IT projects, I, uh, I, I, I always keep telling my people, I've been there, I've done that. And I'm not just saying it, the portfolio of projects I have been injected in and been a part of, uh, of course, there's always a team and it's always a teamwork. But being part of that teamwork and being able to contribute actively and drive success stories afterwards, you feel very proud of being from that team uh, and being a member of that team. Uh, and eventually, uh, of course, with his wildcard vision, he also supported me to get the project management professional license since 2005 until today. I'm still uh, renewing it and uh, uh, activating it as well and through the management of different projects. So he actually made that wildcard through this journey, but it wasn't an easy journey at all. But Actually, when we say that God knows best for us and he draws the best plans for us, this journey of challenges, this, super, uh, this great supervisor and mentor, I, I've seen him as my pure and great mentor for more than 12 years. He drew for me the job career that actually made me a better an elite, but I can't see myself as a better CISO because understanding the language of 
all of this IT infrastructure, being able to understand all of the bits and pieces and how does this work, the mechanics of these IT components work together, will actually give me a broader uh, perspective into understanding the risks that might emerge, of course, with the help of my team, with the help of our partners and our consultants. It made me understand very well and being able to uh, decide and give decisions. Sometimes when we sit with vendors or meetings and they start giving us some discussions and they get into technical discussions and they see me actually, uh, Caroline, replying back to them and challenging them to technical details, you can see the surprise in their eyes. Say, How would you know that? You know, and they start, uh, you know, deviating from okay, let's not sell ideas. Let's give her solutions that really works because this seems that she knows what she's talking about. So all of that actually uh, poured into the, in God's plan and and this putting me into this challenging role uh, where having vision that became a reality of a wildcard is actually serving my today's role. Uh, and this just, I can relate to it that Allah, God will always drive and plan the best plans for us. Uh, although during the course, we are very much complaining, going to three, uh, enormous pressures, breaking down sometimes, picking up ourselves again. But eventually you say, thank God, for all of the challenges, I've, it just made me better and stronger. And I always come back to my mentor and I thank him. I keep always mentioning him during my uh, interviews, during my speeches, even during my discussions with my uh, member and new even joiners and uh, future leaders, of course, in cybersecurity. I always tell them, don't judge your supervisors. Don't uh, be respectful of them. They want the better outcomes for you eventually. And you will remember that when you, uh, after a couple of years or maybe 10 years, 15 years, you will say he was a great person. He has contributed greatly into making me who I am today. You know, my big takeaway from that story, Dr. Reem, is that you are not afraid to take on a challenge. And at the same time, you do not pretend that the challenge does not exist. You recognize the hard work and you are not afraid to do it. I think it is indeed a superpower that you have to be able to operate with a very long-term vision and big picture strategy. And at the same time, be willing and able to get right down into the weeds. You know, I can picture you at the same time coming up with a strategy for 2040, a 20-year-in-the-future strategy. And then at the same time, you are also capable of coming up with wireless security guidance for handheld devices. I want to actually paint a picture for our listeners. So when we say that Dr. Reem is, is managing the CISO role at Kuwait Oil and Gas. Oil and gas operations is extremely complex. You know, you have these different phases which make up together a connected chain. You have exploration, you have development and extraction, you have export and marine, and then you have manufacturing. And of course, it's not possible for just one company to do all these different things. So Dr. Reem is also a supply chain expert, she recognizes that in order to secure 
the operations for oil and gas, each step along the way must be secured. And it's actually not just one company that does it. It's actually nine different companies. And these together contribute more than 40% of the national GDP for Kuwait and 90% of the national income. So securing an incident is a huge burden to the population of your nation. Dr. Reem, I want you to tell the story to our listeners about how is it that you were able to bring together the cybersecurity initiatives for these nine companies and actually get everyone on the same page using a 20-year vision? Sure. Uh, you, you have explained this very well, uh, Caroline, when you have just explained the, the essence of uh, the components that builds up our Kuwait oil and gas sector, where uh, a great and collaborative nine companies works together perfectly in, in harmony uh, to synergize the ultimate uh, goal, which is uh, an oil-producing country. And being a CISO uh, in one of these nine companies where uh, the company, country itself is depending on, um, as you said, 90% of its income on oil, uh, on oil production is a very challenging mission. And also uniting the nine companies into the same objective or goal of securing this chain of supply chain between all the nine companies and being able to secure it as much as possible is, is a challenge by itself. So another challenge to be added to the journey, thanks to Allah alhamdulillah, with the support of our leadership in oil sector, where uh, it's always, Caroline, if your leadership has a very uh, clear vision on what's required to do and the full support of, uh, of the importance and understanding of, on, on the importance of cybersecurity, role in, in taking this vision into a reality, this actually makes the uh, big uh, difference here in, uh, in making it a success or a failure. So uh, when this understanding of cybersecurity role uh, into having a unified, let's say, consortium or a forum, uh, our oil and gas leadership has decided to formulate a cybersecurity committee for the oil and gas where nine companies are there. And the decision for uh, KOC to lead this challenging uh, objective and these nine companies toward achieving uh, a planned 2040 strategy, uh, our oil sector, because of the importance of oil uh, production into our country, has done a great strategic planning for 2040 plans. And one of the components with different programs, but my focus is the IT uh, program under that 2040 vision. A great people uh, have set these programs and defined the scope of this 2040 and put the implementation and drilling the details of this program into the burden of each specialty of each uh, area or each um, group. So. Having that clear vision, having that full support from the leadership to pursue this 2040 strategy and to pursue these plans and roadmap together, it, uh, by default, without questioning, it requires a teamwork and a teamwork of nine companies. And nine companies, when you talk about the cybersecurity programs and the teamwork of the nine CISOs and security teams in, uh, and groups in these companies. So when... Uh, it has been chosen that KOC and uh, myself leading this brilliant team of cybersecurity uh, leaders of these nine companies, aligning them 
and this is by default uh, is a little bit challenging because this is the first time you uh, we meet uh, and to under a forum you you need to build the trust uh, you need to build uh, alignment toward these goals so the main success factor in building a team to reach to your ultimate goals from that team formation is to have trust and trust will only come by being yourself by being genuine by going above and beyond your objective that you stated and the plan you drive it for that team going above and beyond always and forever for that ultimate goal will show the others that she is genuine and she's leading by example and by default you'll see others aligning up and supporting you instead of resisting or having doubts so within time trust has been built within time a great support has been seen and within time this committee has achieved great achievements and remarkable uh, success stories that other committees even within the region were not able to achieve it and it all comes from the great teamwork and the spirit of genuinity that has been implanted and believed in by all the members of that and one of the uh, great success stories that i have recently uh, presented in uh, rsa conference in uh, san francisco and uh, this year was the uh, being able to develop a unified cybersecurity framework for our nine companies for an oil and gas sector within Kuwait and measuring our capabilities and roadmap and planning our projects ahead in alignment with the 2040 strategy utilizing and using that cybersecurity framework which really helps a lot uh, because having this unified ruler or a measure for all of the nine companies makes us more aligned toward achieving this 2040 strategy. Dr. Reem, I've I've come to learn that not only do you bring this element of creating trust and and and, and facilitating collaboration not only to your own companies, not only to your own company, not only to all the nine companies that are involved in the Cybersecurity Committee of Kuwait, but beyond that you actually take it to so many different people across the world. And Dr. Reem, perhaps for our last question for today, I'd like for you to tell me a little bit about this United Nations for Women in Cybersecurity initiative that you initiated at the She Speaks event at RSA in San Francisco last year. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about this? Uh, sure. Uh, actually, uh the, this initiative came from my uh, ultimate belief in uh, which actually drives the uh, the whole cybersecurity community together that being we are stronger together so this objective by itself in being stronger together works out everywhere caroline whether it was within your team within the nine companies within even the community itself and serving the whole community and uh, it's in the regional and Gulf uh, countries or even worldwide. So when I was in the, in the RSA conference and uh, having this uh, you know, mindset, and now we are always stronger together. And this was my first visit to RSA and 
attending this She Speaks event. I've seen remarkable global uh, women uh, groups attending this event, and I've been also in contact with other global, uh, global women groups all over the world. So I, I thought with this unity and this presence of all women, uh, different groups, however, aligning uh, in one event, uh, the She Speaks event at RSA, sharing their knowledge, sharing their expertise to support women in cyber uh, everywhere. So it triggered to me, I said, I would love uh, to build this uh, collaboration uh, between global cybersecurity forums and groups of women around the world. And instead of being geographically limited uh, with these capabilities, let's start building collaborations among uh, each other, uh, whether it was hosting each other in our groups, uh, building uh, collaborative events, uh, building uh, CTFs or comp uh, capture the flag competitions, technical uh, competitions uh, throughout and across these global uh, women groups instead of having them limited to, the, to their geographical existence. So I said, and I introduced this initiative to the ladies uh, and the groups of women in RSA and said, I would love to initiate from our women cybersecurity Middle East group uh, where I'm a co-founder co and one of the eight ladies who have built this tremendous uh, group of more than today 660 ladies in cybersecurity from the Middle East uh, and varying from executive up to rising stars in high schools and even in colleges. Uh, I said, we need to unite these ladies with the brilliant and wonderful ladies and smart ladies all over the world. So let's start. And my ultimate dream is to have a united nation of women in cybersecurity where we are supporting each other, where we are mentoring each other and sharing the tips and the lesson learned that I have, that Caroline have, that even Joyce, uh, the head of uh, EWF, or Majda Shelby from uh, Singapore and uh, Asia, or even uh, Maria Galloway uh, from CyberDiso. We need to connect these ladies. We need to let them irrespective of the geographical boundaries, we are there uniting under one umbrella of cyber security. And we would love to say it even a United Nation because yes, United Nation is exploring many areas, but uh, we can always come with our own uh, initiatives where we are uniting our women cybersecurity nation and providing this full support and knowledge, mentorship and support to these ladies because we know that skills shortage is a well-known global challenge. And again, challenge comes to the picture, which again triggers me. So building this attraction and getting more women into this uh, playground and make, because women has been proven their capabilities into this challenging cyber security field, it will also not only ultimately uh, help women by themselves, but actually help nations in uh, fighting and confronting the cybersecurity risks that has been recent, actually, not only recently, has, has been there. And the, even the World Economic Forum has stated and categorized cybersecurity as the top high risks, one of the top high risks that the, all the nations around the world is facing. So having this initiative in, in my roadmap, and it has been a great initiative because we have started sequence uh, and continuous 
channels uh, of uh, contributing to this initiative and we have started collaboratives with amazing ladies and I, I really appreciate and I shout out here to all the ladies from the global women's cybersecurity forums and groups that have hand-checked with women's cybersecurity Middle East group into building uh, these United Nations uh, of women's cybersecurity uh, existence and collaboration and making that dream in 2018 a reality where many ladies are benefiting from and being inspired and aspired through. Dr. Reem, I want to correct myself because I said that that was my last question. And in fact, we are over time. However, I cannot let go of the opportunity to ask you one more question. And so I'm going to do it <laughs> because you have, been, <laughs> you have been generous with me. You have been vulnerable with me. And so there is one more thing that I'd like to ask you to consider sharing with our listeners, which is that you have authored a piece called the CISO Mom Diaries. And I think that, you know, one of the big themes of Humans of InfoSec and, and one of the things that you and I, I think we naturally gravitate toward talking about, because of course it is such a huge part of our lives, is our family. And so Dr. Reem, as a mother of seven, can you tell us a little bit about what's that like for you? Uh, okay. Uh, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> So this doesn't come with a surprise. It's a blessing. Uh, it's a, a blessing uh, challenge, actually, uh, and uh, be a, a responsibility as well. But again, uh, being resilient uh, in that role uh, and being able to uh, raise a good generation, uh, I'm just following my, my mother's uh, steps uh, into, she actually injected to us uh, a value where she said uh, to all of us and to me, she said, Dream, I will only ask from you some one thing to stick to, and then you can fly away and do whatever you want. She said, Always and forever, always before you do anything, just put uh, God, Allah, in front of your eyes and know that He's always watching. Then you can do whatever you want. So, uh, and she trusted me fully after putting that, uh, you know, mindset and aligning all of the five of us. So I, I tried my best to inject the same uh, mindset to my, to my children and ask them to have that uh, milestone or to have that value within their core values. And then they can follow and let's say their dreams as they wish. Uh, being a mom of seven and uh, running also some, these community uh, groups of uh, women in cybersecurity, as well as uh, in parallel to my role in, uh, as a CISO in oil and gas, drove me to the balance, and I, I call it a myth, actually, between life and work. I've been in exquisite uh, journey, and I keep asking every remarkable woman I see, uh, whether it was in cyber or even leadership, is there really a balance between our lives uh, and our social lives being moms and the work? Uh, is there really a, a great balance? So the ultimate results that really made sense to me, and I'm living it, is that we are balancing according to the, uh, the, the business case itself. So when our kids need us, 
you will be fully present at that minute with your kids and with your family and with your uh, social life. And there will be some peaks in business that you need to be fully present there and providing the full support and full attention to that. And among these peaks, there will be like business as normal, managing your family as normal, where you will have your normal supervision. But there will be moments. If you fail to be there fully present, then you will be failing in doing your mom role and you will be failing your uh, kids' expectations as well as your family expectations and similar to that in the, in the job and the work uh, environment. So uh, that actually, Caroline, made me relieved and it drew, drove me to the uh, mom diaries because I tried through these diaries, uh, episode of diaries, is to tell the, uh, the whole world that we are humans. And even being a CISO and a mom, actually it impacts my, my way of looking at uh, things. Even at home, uh, I look at things and many things from sometimes cybersecurity perspective. Uh, and I have translated that in the diaries where I, I actually translate and act according to some instances happens at home with that mindset of a CISO. And uh, just yesterday, one of my discussions and chat with one of my colleagues in CISOs, and yeah, actually he's not CISO, he's a, a consultant. And he said, I dealt with that incident, instance that he had at home, and I have the similar with my kids as well. He said, that's the difference, doctor, between being a CISO and being a consultant. <laughs> so <laughs> even taking actions with our kids totally differs because of our, the hats we wear and the, uh, the work we do. And Again, we're at the end, we're just humans and for sure uh, we'll have this mindset impacting our way of doing things. But it passes very well in cybersecurity because being a mom means you, your risk appetite is very well measured. Uh, and I keep ask, uh, telling this example to the ladies and everyone. I said, when your kid uh, and your, your husband and yourself is sitting in, in the living room, and uh, your husband is watching TV and you're there sitting as well watching and your, your child is about to fall in front of you, who will run faster to capture him? It goes by default, it's the moms because it's, it's her, this is the way she's wired. She's wired toward risk. And she will instantly sense, her guts sense that risk and she will, uh, you know, within seconds runs and holds that child from, being, uh, from falling down. And this really tells us how we are as women wired and which really goes very much alignment with cybersecurity. So this series of uh, women, uh, moms, CISO di diaries reflects my, my diaries or my diaries at home, my life at home and how my CISO role actually is being, uh, is impacting this, uh, this role uh, in a very nicely uh, way and helping me to run things even much better and in, even vice versa. Thank you so much, Dr. Reem. Thank you for Thank your you. time. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your courage. It is my true pleasure to have met you and to Thank learn you. about you and your story. You know, everywhere you go, I see you zooming in and out. You know, here you are making a strategy for 2040. 
You know, here you are writing a policy for wireless handheld devices. You know, here you are managing seven children. uh, And here you are, you know, rushing with your arms uh, to catch a child that needs you in that present moment. And I just think that it's it's so beautiful and I'm so impressed. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Reem. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's been a really wonderful uh, opportunity and I'm really honored uh, and privileged for that. And I really thank you a lot from the deepest of my heart for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Caroline. You're very, very welcome. Humans of InfoSec is brought to you by Cobalt.io, a pen testing as a service company. Like what you hear? Subscribe share, or leave a review wherever you enjoy podcasts. And don't forget to say hello. You can find us on Twitter at Humans of InfoSec. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.